This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. There are so many things in this world that we might think worth imitating. We're surrounded by fame and fortune and worldly success in almost every area of life as athletes, entrepreneurs, and celebrities amass astronomical wealth and power. Since we're told imitation is the highest form of flattery, ought we not imitate those people and the accomplishments we so much admire? But what does God want us to do? And while true that there are many worldly things we might consider imitating, not all of them are for our good and many destined to only do us harm. In his hard-hitting two-day message, Learning to Imitate Godly Success, Pastor examines the book of Hebrews, where God gives us the answer, imitate those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and patience. Now, here's Pastor with truths of his personal victories, doing just as God told him to do by simply imitating godly success. So I want to go to Hebrews chapter number six and to just set a little... Uh, background, a little foundation. Of course, the, the writings to the Hebrews, Paul was writing to the Hebrew Christians, those Jews who had received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But throughout the book, you see that he's admonishing them to continue with what they first uh, begun uh, to follow and that um, they should not fall away from the basic truths. And he's kind of admonishing them and so on and so forth. And he ends up, we're not going to get into all of that, but we're going to end up in verse 9. And to this particular group that he is speaking, because there had been many who had started walking with Jesus but fell away for different reasons, just like we have today. People begin their walk with the Lord, but then they slip away, they fall away. Well, this was happening, and that's what really prompted this letter to the Hebrews to just constantly remind them of the great salvation they had in Jesus, and it wasn't to be found in works, and that they needed to continue in this salvation uh, by faith and uh, that has been appropriated, uh, received by faith, and given by the grace of God. So we find ourselves in verse 9, and to this particular group, and this is where we're going to go, he says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you, yes, things that accompany your salvation, though we speak in this manner. So he's saying we're, we're, we're believing, although those group of folks, you know, fell away and did this, backslid, gave up, turned around, pooped out, whatever it be, we are more confident of better things concerning you. How many of you uh, are confident, I am as your pastor, I'm confident for all of those and any of those who give their self to hearing the word of God and come to church and allowing me to train you and, and in, you know, instruct you and give you the word of God, that there are better things that await you up ahead in the months and years uh, that are before us. I believe, I believe, this is my belief, as a believer, now listen to me, as a believer, things ought to be getting better, not worse. As a believer, we ought to be prospering in every sense of the word, not just focused on money, because that's only one part of it. We ought to be prospering emotionally, well, spiritually first, most definitely, but emotionally, physically, every, every realm of our life ought to be prospering, because that's what relationship, that's what a relationship with Jesus does for our life. It increases us. So he's saying, 
I'm believing for better things concerning you. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for some more better things in my life. How about you? Amen? Get ready, get ready, because the best is about to happen in your life. I am confident, I am confident of better things. Some of you have been through some rough times, you've been through some rocky times, you've been through some hard times, but I'm confident that better days are before you because you have been a a follower of the Word of God and let me tell you what, you've loved God, followed God, and the end result is always that things will get better and not only just better, I mean really, really, really good. The best is about to happen in your life. Come on, somebody. All right. So, now, I want to pay attention to this for a minute because this is very important. He said, Beloved, we are confident of, of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany your salvation. Now, I've read over that verse many times, but I've, I was reading these verses, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks. And I thought, wow, you know, I've glossed over this accompany salvation, these two words that are very powerful. What is Paul trying to say here? He's saying better things that accompany your salvation. You see, there are churches, and uh, many people just believe that, you know, Jesus died so that your sins would be forgiven, that you would have eternal life, and that when you die, you go to heaven to be with the Lord. And that's all they understand about salvation. And, you know, let, let let me just say this right here at this juncture, because I think this is very important. If that's all that Jesus intended, or God intended, for us through salvation, it would be enough for me. It would be. But the truth of the matter is that there are great things that accompany your salvation that are included with the fact that you are forgiven of your sins, that you have received eternal life, and that you have a home in heaven with Jesus that you'll, you'll get to one day. Amen. Your salvation is far deeper and has a much more uh, inclusive package attached to it that we kind of gloss over or forget. Because when you get into the word, like one of the, what I did is I studied this word salvation. It comes from the Greek word soterio. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, and I won't, you know, I'm, I'm, my father wanted us to learn Greek, but unfortunately, we didn't want to go to Greek school, and he tried it with my two brothers and my sister, and then when, by the time it came to me, he gave up, so, <laughs> so the only Greek I know are the words that I study, and, you know, that's all I know, so I don't, but anyway, I think it's pronounced soterio, but it, 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 it's the word salvation, and this is what the word salvation means. It means deliverance. It means safety. It means healing, release, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, rescue, forgiveness, liberation, restoration, and general well-being. Those are all the words that describe what salvation means or what salvation gives. How many of you agree with me that everything that I've, I've read here right now applies to some area of your life? So when you get saved, you get more than just the forgiveness of your sins, eternal life, and a home in heaven one day. That, that's, and if that's all that God intended, that would be more than I would ever expect God to give me. But the bottom line to it is that salvation is an all-inclusive package. The moment you received Christ into your life and became saved, you got all of these things included in the package deal. And I see how it applies to every area of my life and my living, especially that last word, general well-being. I mean, God wants it to go well with us. He wants, he wants to see us prosper and to grow. That's why I say we should be prospering. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about in every area of our life. We ought to be growing spiritually and physically and emotionally and financially as well because that's what Jesus died for. Now, now I, heard, um, I heard Apostle Price say this a couple of months ago a couple of weeks ago, actually, and it kind of startled me at first because I didn't know where he was going with it, and it'll probably startle you when I say it, 
but, but let, me, let me finish. Hear me out. He said, you know, Jesus didn't come to die. What? What do you mean Jesus didn't come to die? I mean, you heard that over and over. Jesus came to die for our sins. He said, Jesus didn't come to die. And, you know, he, he spoke about it. He, he finally took us over to uh, John 10.10. He said, Jesus said of himself, he didn't say he came to die. He said he came that he might give us life and give it to us more abundantly. But listen, he had to die in order to win the life more abundantly. So it was only through his death that we could have the life more abundantly. But his purpose for coming on the earth was that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Come on, that's a good promise. So, so that's why this word salvation is an all-inclusive word. This is talking about life and life more abundantly on this earth. So, so you know, I'm here and I live to, to teach people and to tell people um, about the good news of Jesus. And it's more than he just died for your sins so that you don't have to go to hell and you can go to heaven and be with Jesus someday. It's a whole lot more than that. It's so that you can live this life with joy and peace and health and strength and blessing and protection and deliverance. I mean, the eternity is going to tell when we get to heaven uh, how many disasters God saved us from, um, you know, by his angels. Because we are in the covenant and we are saved and part of salvation is deliverance. Come on, somebody. Uh, how many times God has protected us because protection is another part of the covenant of salvation. When we receive salvation, we got the package deal. Wow. So, so he lays down this, this thought, and he says, um, he says uh, well, he reads verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you, he's obviously talking to two different groups here, because he's talking to a group that are really committed in doing the things of God and living in the things of God and serving God. He says, God's not unjust to forget what you've done for him, what you've done in his name and in his kingdom, living his word. He has not forgotten that, and he has a way in, in his mind to bless you back. But then he quickly goes to verse 11, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. So now he's talking to, it seems to me like he's talking to another group, and that group maybe just needed a little bit of encouraging because they weren't as diligent as the people that were outlined in verse 10. Because there's a group that's doing it, and he's encouraging them for doing it. But then he turns around and says, and the rest of you. That's sort of like, like the pastor on Sunday morning. There's some that do, and there's some that don't. Amen. Right? Yes. I didn't get a chuckle from back there. I only got a <laughs> chuckle from the front row. These are all the workers here that are the doers. But, but there are those that, there are, those that are, are, you know, are doers, and that there are, there are some that are not. So he's saying, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. So one of the first words we've got to talk about is diligence. If we're going to see all of the wonderful benefits that come from our salvation become a reality in our lives, then one of the very first principles we need to learn is diligence, being diligent with the things of God, being diligent with the knowledge that you've received, being diligent to do what you know from the Word of God to do. Because often you see that people know it, but they don't do it. People have heard it, but they don't do anything with what they've heard. And he's saying, saying, we, 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 let me say it again. We, I'm believing. We're believing better for you that you're going you're gonna to receive those things that accompany your salvation. You're going to receive, you're going to be walking in the deliverance, safety, healing, release, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, rescue, forgiveness, liberation, restoration, and general well-being is what you're going to be living in because it's part of your salvation. But, he says, I commend those of you that are doing it 
But I look to you and the others and I say, you show the same kind of diligence in doing the word of God and the work of God and hold on to the full assurance of your hope. In other words, keep doing it until you see that which you're hoping for become a reality in your life. Whoa, did you get it? Did you get it? I've seen too many people quit and give up and back up just before the blessing was about to be manifested in their life because they weren't diligent with the things of God. They weren't diligently just doing the word and the work of God that was before them. So he says, you know, we, I'm thinking of better things for you, the things that accompany this awesome salvation package. I don't about you, but I want the package deal. If the tables come with it, I want the tables, the lamps, and I'll even try to get a picture out of it if I can. I want the whole ball of wax. I don't want anything left out. Amen? I'll take it all. And if you don't take it, I'll take yours too. See, because I want everything that God has for me. And I've spent all these years just studying the Word and learning the Word and appropriating and putting the Word into operation because I, I want to I receive everything that God has. And I am, and I'll make it jealous, but I'm walking in some awesome days, man. I mean, this is awesome. God is, God is doing some awesome things in my life, and, and I'm excited about it. I got the package deal. Did you get the package deal? Are you, are, you, are you receiving all of the benefits of the package deal? So he says, again, he says, we desire that each one of you, and remember now the word is speaking to everybody, not just to this group of people, because the word was intended, it's life, it's living, and it's intended to speak to everybody, all who would believe in Jesus. So, so, so I look at this and I say, he, when he says we desire each one of you, he's talking about you, he's talking about me. Show the same diligence the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now he goes into verse 12 and he begins to identify another problem. We understand that diligence is one. We can say a lot of things about diligence, but we're not going to go there today because I really want to get to this next verse 12 and we'll talk about this for a while. That you do not become sluggish. Everybody say sluggish. Sluggish is another word for the word. You ready? You ready? Lazy. I used to have a teacher in high school. She said, don't be so L-A-Y-Z-Z. It's like, what? what is that supposed to mean, lady? But she used to say that all the time. So don't be so lazy. Don't be so lazy. Are you living the word? Is the word producing in your life? Don't become so lazy. You know, don't become sluggish. Another word for sluggish is slow down. You know, it's like, you know when your drain becomes sluggish? The water used to just run real quick down the drain, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like sluggish. That's a bad analogy, isn't it? How about when you're full of energy and you're zipping around and all of a sudden you feel like sluggish, man. It's like, man, I can't shake this thing. Well, that's how a lot of Christians are walking around, walking around with like, a, like in a coma. <laughs> and we wonder why we're not seeing the full manifestation of all that's contained in our salvation package. Because even though it's been given to us, it's still our faith that needs to, it's been appropriated by grace. God gave all of this to us by his grace, by his love. He loves us so much that he gave us the full package. But we need, to, we need to appropriate what he's given us. We need to grab hold of what he's given us by our faith. So he says, don't be so sluggish or don't be so lazy. And he goes in to say this now. Let me read it in context. That you not, do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So, so Dave, we're going to title this the power of imitating. 
the power of imitating. Now, years ago, 33 years ago, when I first uh, locked on to Apostle Price back then in those days, um, I saw a man who was doing well and looking good and had a big church and his life seemed happy and his, he was happy, his family was happy. I locked into that and I, I, I began to listen to what he was teaching and, and, and demonstrating by his life. And, and I didn't even know this verse existed, but I just naturally began to do what he was doing. I naturally just began to follow his teachings and, and he taught early on. I remember one of, the, one of the very first teachings that I learned back then. He said, God is no respecter of, of persons. And boy, that just cleared the air for me. He said, if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. I can remember those lessons as clear as a bell. He said, God is no respecter of persons. If he'll bless me, he's going to bless you because he doesn't look at anybody better than anybody else. All he's looking for is someone who will trust him and believe him by faith. Amen. And your faith has all to do with it. So this word, he says, be imitators of those who through faith and patience are inheriting the promises or the promises of God. And I locked on to that. And for all these 33 years, I've been following and watching and listening to him and to other men of God and imitating their faith. Now, years ago, when I first, um, you know, got into, uh, you know, rededicated my life and started to go to conferences and people would have their idol, their idol preachers back then, you know, there was Kenneth Hagin was alive and, and there were some other great men of God and, and people were trying to imitate them, but really what they were doing is like they dressed like them, they thought they had to drive the same car that they drove, live in the same kind of house they live in, you know, and, and really that's not what the word, the word isn't saying to imitate their dress, their car, uh, you know, the style of clothes they wear, their hairstyle. That's not the imitating that the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about imitate their faith that has produced results in their life. So, so now, if you're going to imitate somebody, then you have to, if you're going to imitate someone who's producing the right results, then you're going to have to find somebody that has the right results. Let me, let me just say, there's many things we could talk about. See, number one, you don't select a church or a pastor based upon anything other than this one thing. Is the word of God being preached? Is the man of God who's preaching that word, living that word, and not just telling me to do something that he himself is not doing? Is he producing the promises of God? Because I'm going to tell you what, you're never going to be any better than the one you follow. You're never going higher than, than the person who is leading you uh, you're, never going to, you're never going to surpass them. This is the power. That's why this power of imitating is so important to understand that you just can't get behind anybody because you may not end up in the right place. That's right. That's right. So, so for me, I look for the men of God and I look for the people of, of God who have the, the promises of God evident in their life. I can see the fruit. They're not just telling me about it. They're living it. They're displaying it. It's coming out of their lives. Those are the men and women that I want to follow in my life. I want to get behind somebody who's got it operate. See, see here. See, you, see, unfortunately, and this happens in the body of Christ, you see a man of God prospering and people take offense. Oh, he's, all he wants is money. It's all about, he doesn't have to drive a car like that. He doesn't have to wear clothes like that. He doesn't have to live in a house like that. Come on, you're chuckle, but you know some of you said that. Some of you think like that. You see, you see, but, but you see, what, what you don't understand is that if your man of God doesn't prosper, you're never going to prosper. You see, li listen, listen, you, you shouldn't take offense. You ought to take lessons. You ought to say, what is it that got you there, brother, sister? I want to do what you've done because I want to be seen. I saw that in Apostle Price years ago. I said, I want to be where he is 
But the only way I'm going to get there is I'm going to have to do what he's doing. Because if he's doing it, it's producing in his life. If I do it, it's going to produce in my life. You see, but people don't want to do it. They want to jump over somehow. They want to jump over the process. And they want to come to the place of blessing. Say, well, it's too difficult. I'm not motivated. I'm not this. Drink some more coffee, though. Get your testosterone level checked. Maybe your hormones are moaning too much. Man, I don't know how to tell anybody any, any other way. You just do the word of God. You do what the word, t- you follow the man. You f- whoever, if I'm not the man, go, go find somebody you can follow. Praise God, more power to you. My only motivation for doing this is not to raise up a big church so that everybody looks at, oh, look at Pastor Ray. My motivation has always been one thing. I want to help somebody. I want somebody. I want people to walk in the same blessing that I'm walking in. I want, better than that, I want to see you surpass where, I'm, where I've gotten. I want to see you go way past where I am. That would bless my heart. See, unfortunately, in the day that we live right now, if you're not careful, there are churches cropping up all over. It's all about crowds, selling books, selling tapes. It's all about, you know, about getting a a 15-minute message because you can't preach too long because people won't won't stay. And God forbid you preach something that would be controversial or you put put pressure on somebody. You say something that, you know, would put a little little conviction on somebody. Oh, we can't have conviction in the church anymore. God forbid we won't have the crowd. God forbid that we would ever water down the word of God to retain a crowd and make more money. God forbid. God forbid. I don't know. I've just been telling the truth all these years. Our church is growing and abounding. All I've tried to do is be an example to the people so they have something to imitate in in their life. Someone to follow to say, if it's working in his life, let me pay attention. See, that, that's where a lot of folks don't understand the relationship between the congregation and the pastor or the, 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 the follower and the leader. You see, you've got to watch that man's life closely. You've got to see what he's producing in his life. You've got to see how God's using him, how God is blessing him. And then begin to look at your own life and say, what do I need to do? Because that's the principle. Paul said it another way. He said, He said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said another time in Philippians, he said, what you've seen in me and what you've heard from me, these things do and the peace of God will be upon you and be with you. So this power of imitating, this principle of imitating is scriptural. And yet, you know, each week, I mean, I I don't know how many times I stand here and preach the word and teach the word and people look at me and you come to church and you walk out the door and you won't do anything with it. I mean, that's the most frustrating thing for a pastor. I, 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 I stand here with the word and give the word and break the word. And see, you're probably tired of hearing my testimonies. I tell my stories over and over and over. Why do I tell my stories over to the point where you want to vomit? It's like, you can tell the story better than I want. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know when I'm in, I know I'm in trouble? When I tell the story and someone comes out and says, Pastor, you left out the part about... It's like, oh dear God. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 